Hey everyone and welcome back to What Happened to Us with Nate, Sam, and Hugh. We have some fun this week starting off with the Golden Globes and who won, who didn't win kind of talk. Just the Globes in general and how no one actually viewed it because it was on a Tuesday night out of nowhere. We touch our toes into the comedy world talking about Jeremy Piven and his world of acting as well as the Chris D'Elia situation as well as the documentary that you can find on YouTube, The Chris D'Elia Problem. We dive down the rabbit hole of celebrity and their cult-like following, as well as Zach Graff, some Malcolm in the Middle, and race car driving, as well as a few other things. So here's the show. How are you? Excellent. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Did you uh, end up watching last night, or were you in bed? Watching what? The Globes happened on a Tuesday night oh. for out of nowhere. Oh, God. Uh, no. I knew, uh, I learned, what, the day before that it was even happening? Yeah. And I did not watch it. I don't think they care anymore. Who? Uh, the Globes or anyone. It's just like it was a Tuesday night. It's usually Sunday. Uh, yeah. They couldn't do Monday uh, because of the football. Sunday because of football. It's just, you guys got to figure out a new week well, to do I this. It, well, normally, I the, see that at the, normally it's on, it's always the first Sunday of the new year. Uh, the first or second Sunday, depending on when New Year's falls. But it's generally within like this between the seventh and like the twelfth or thirteenth of January. Right. And it's always on a Sunday. And honestly, it's usually up against the playoffs. Um, it's a weird one. The yeah, like cause I I've many you know I I worked ten of them over the years, and we would you know Chris uh, friend of the show Chris would set up the feeds on TVs on our, in our truck farm area. So people could watch the game while we were setting up the show. And it was always the opening weekend of the playoffs. Now, Grant, now that, that schedule shifted slightly because of uh, the, they expanded adding, it a week. A, adding an extra game. So maybe that's the reason, but it is weird to put it on a No, there was no Monday night game this week. Not this week. No. Oh, you mean the champion, you mean the champion. A, the, the, do we call that a game? God, no. That was a scrim. That wasn't. Was it even a scrimmage? I don't. I, honest, I honestly feel like the the number. It was bad. I honestly feel like if the number twos, the Georgia number twos, were going up against the ones in like a scrimmage, It'd be a it would have been a more more competitive. Yeah, game, yes. I think you're correct. And that sorry, TCU fans. That I don't think any listen to this show. Uh that is a great question. I don't think I've ever met a TCU fan. Maybe I, if... I actually have some family that are uh, that despise TCU because they went to Baylor. Okay, and and Baylor kind of has a weird Christian thing, rivalry you know, with the, TCU. Yeah, yeah, they're both they're both Texas Christian school. Like I mean, got TCU literally Texas Texas Christian school. Um, but yeah, Baylor both are kind of religious conservative, and in Texas in the same conference, so they are big big rivals. But uh, yeah, that was um, that was ugly. That was ugly. Uh, but you know what? That's kind of TCU. From what everything that I've been reading, that that that's kind of their ceiling. So they they probably liter they probably were, really did have that. We're just happy to be here. Air oh, to them. Absolutely. But at the same point in time, was it sixty-seven to seven at the end, or sixty-eight to 65 seven? Sixty-five to seven. Yeah. I just yeah, I it, look, I turned on my computer, looked at the score. I'm like, "Yep, good thing I didn't go out to watch that one." Because yeah, be like, that's just no bueno. Yeah. Um. What What are you gonna do? Nothing. Just be yeah. Like, but uh, did Did you watch any of the clubs? Uh, no, I did not watch any of the clubs. I, I knew it was on Peacock, but I was just kind of like, I don't. The movie that 
I enjoyed the most this year, everything everywhere all at once. That that won cleaned up for a, bit. a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, one best, uh, best, best, best actors supporting yeah. and then didn't it win best picture for musical or comedy? I believe it I did. I don't think it did. Cuz that you know they did they did that weird split at the Globes I where think, it's confusing. I believe um, Elvis won for that. Elvis Oh, you're right. I think you're did it? Cuz I know Elvis, I know Austin Butler won, won for, for best drama. For direct what did Spielberg's one for? Oh, that's right. You're right. You're absolutely right. So. Um, it was very cool. I, 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 I'm gonna just butcher the hell out of his name, but you uh, know, data, data, uh, K- or short round, whatever K- you prefer. Hui Quan. Hui, yeah, Quan. K Huak. Yeah, I'm Hu- not even gonna try. White, white guy here. I'm not even gonna try. Hu- um, Quan. Which is cr- strange that I never really knew his name. Um, although that's that's not actually not not that unusual, honestly. Like. Short There's round a, and uh, data were data. the names that he was gone by. Like, yeah, and it wasn't like back in the eighties. Uh, we were all on top of actors' names, especially children actors. How long? Espe- yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna say specifically in Goonies, but I took that. I was immediately took that back because I know every actor's name from that movie. Yeah, but Josh um, Brolin continued acting for throughout, uh, mm-hmm. and he went away for a while too. He did. Well, I mean, honestly, go back and watch Goonies. He was a terrible actor. Oh. Like, yeah. is Brandon? Like, terrible. He's obviously, he improved because he's a fantastic actor now, but it, back then, not good. Sean Austin, um, he didn't do much. Like, you know, he had uh, Encino you know. Man. Like, he had a little... <laughs> oh, I thought you were joking about not doing much. There was a lull, sure. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just had, since, that... then, since then, he's done quite a bit. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, he had that whole Lord of the Rings thing. Yeah, that was a small and, thing. And Rudy, obviously Rudy. Um, and then Corey Feldman. Um... Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Carrie Green. Carrie Green was uh, I forget the character's name. I Andy. I her name is Andy. Um, she she had a run in the eighties. You know, she had Lucas. She had that. She had maybe it wasn't that big a run because she had those two. I can't. I'm, I can't. Off the top um, of my head. Wasn't she the neighbor who could fly or something like that? The boy who could fly. The boy who is, is was that, she in that her? I don't think so. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, um, and I'm like, I'm. But I do know for a fact that she, her career was a bit. De- well, you know, child actors, it happens. Her career was derailed a bit because she had some alcohol issues. Um, That'll do it. And I, yeah, uh, I, I don't know about that age. It's probably, you know, she also could could have just been one of those child stars that decided they didn't want to act. Uh, summer rental. Okay, I knew there was something else. Yeah. And. Ooh. The '80s, yeah, no, it wasn't. That was not one of them. Uh, the the you know the funny thing, uh, um, and then Samantha Math, uh, not Samantha Math, this uh, Martha Plimpton. She she's sentenced. She played Sam. Right. She you know she was she's been in a number of things over the years. Um, uh, what was the but, one that uh, Beautiful Girls, which I think are. Yeah, Beautiful Girls. She's uh, Parenthood, the mm-hmm. movie, the oh, yeah. the movie Parenthood. Uh, she's done a lot on Broadway. She's um her dad is somebody. Oh, her dad is, uh, is um uh David Carradine. Oh, of the of the Carradine family. Oh. Um, I did not know that honestly because she went by Plimpton. So I actually only learned that fairly recently. Um, uh, yeah, and then uh, Chunk Chunk actually uh, Jeff Cohen is his name. He did not really act much because he he voluntarily left child acting, and he is now an attorney. And I don't know if you saw, do you see the clip? They, um, it was like some sort of actors round table right. recently with a, like fair, it was like all the nominees, 
like guys that are going to be up this this year for awards, like Colin Farrell, and it was I, Vernon Gleeson might have been. It was just an actors roundtable. I for, I can't think of who else was on it, but um, I feel terrible calling him Data because I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, he was on it, and he told, yeah, Quan, okay, yeah. He um he talked about how um, Jeff Cohen Chunk is his lawyer. Yeah, which every every like Con Farrell, like if you watch that video, Con Farrell's reaction is hysterical because he just found so much joy in the fact that Chunk is Data's lawyer in real life. Um, he, he was yeah, a like, big reason why like, he got that part. Yeah, it turns yeah, yeah. out. So, and, and did you? I mean, that speech was cool. Like him last night, that the speech just because like Spielberg was kind of sitting up front row and he got to thank him personally because he gave his career, started yeah. his career. Um, I forget about you. Forget that Spielberg directed. Temple mm-hmm. of Doom, which was for them was a dark period of time in their own personal lives. Spielberg and Lucas, mm-hmm. why it was such a dark movie? That's kind of never made. Were they it. both going through bad divorces? Yes, they were. Yeah, because uh, it's a dark ass movie. Spielberg, I also, his wife, wasn't second wife there? It was uh, yeah. Uh, Amy was that Amy Irving? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, and I can't think of. Yeah, I actually saw, I read um, something yesterday, I think. Uh, I think it was because of all all the people had the nostalgia over Temple of Doom because of all this. Um, that that uh, Temple of Doom was an, uh, an homage to a, James, to a James Bond movie. Like, they're, you know, they're all, all the Indiana Joneses were like an homage to the old serials, like the old right. you know, 30s and 40s serials. But specifically, I guess I Spielberg. Kate what's that? Kate Capshaw. Kate, well, that's his current wife. Yeah. No, that, that's, oh. oh, that's who he, you know. Met. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, met, I think they met on that movie. They, and now they're still, they they're yes. still married. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, uh, uh, Spielberg wanted to direct a Bond movie, and the Broccoli family was like, "No," which is weird. I looking back, I wonder why they thought maybe because he was pretty damn established at that point. Uh, um, but you know, he had done E.T. and Jaws and all those. Uh, but they did not want him to direct a Bond movie, so he kind of was just like, "Fine, I'll sort of make my own." And there were like, uh, there, there were like, um, uh, oh God, what is it? A uh, uh, Easter eggs? Not, hmm. not really an Easter egg, but there are different homages to Bond in the mo- in um, Temple of Doom, right. like the 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 party scene at the beginning when when Indy's wearing the white tux. It's an identical tux that Sean Connery wore as James Bond. Um, so it was like Spielberg's like, "Fuck you, I'm going to make my own." Um, I honestly haven't seen Temple of Doom in so long. No, it's just not it, one of those ones you rewatch. As a kid, it was my my least favorite, but I'm sure looking back, it's still a very quality movie. I don't. Yeah, I I. It's just not one of my favorites. It's uh, funny the Empire of the Sun. You forget that he worked with Christian Bale as as a young mm-hmm. actor. Temple of Doom. Let's see. Lost yeah. Him. Well, he had just done 1941, if you remember that. You know what? I like 1941. So do I, but I'm like... I, oh, yeah. That was a I, bad movie. Uh, compa- okay, relative, sure, compared to his other ones. I thought it was... I don't think people knew exactly what to do with it, because it's clearly a comedy. Yeah. But I think... I don't... And I can't speak for how it was marketed back then, but I have a feeling it was not marketed as a comedy. Well, I mean, it was all Animal House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a parody of war movies. Yeah. I mean, hell, like one of the joking plot points was that, well, I mean, the what the plot of the movie was that, it, the, I mean, it's actually based on a true story that there was like a German sub that literally was off the coast of the, the Pacific coast that we never knew was there. Hmm. And that's the plot of 1941, um, you know, that they're, that the Germans might attack the mainland. 
Uh, and you know, there's they they use the Ferris wheel on the uh, the Santa Monica Pier is like their lookout. Like it's it's just it's a comedy. Treat uh, Williams and I forget who all else is in it, but it, it had a great cast. I mean, um, you had uh, obviously you had Belushi, yeah, a- Ackroyd, uh, Nancy Allen, uh, ah, classic Ned Beatty, Robo, Robo, Robocop, Christopher uh, Lee. This who, is wait, like a, um, Tim Matheson. Yeah, yeah, Robert you're right. It was, it was, you're right. It was the Animal House group. It was John Candy uh, was in it. Yeah, yeah. It was. I. I mean, it's consi- Again, it's all subjective. No, uh, yeah. or re- not subjective. Well, it is subjective, but it's all like um, by comparison. You know, like yes, is it Spielberg's worst movie? Probably. Would it be somebody uh, else's best movie? For sure. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. It's just uh, I'm looking through his credits here it's like who's spielberg? spielberg's because you he's, think he's he said some misses like the uh, you know i i enjoyed the terminal but a lot of people did not um always he's had a, he's had a few always was a miss with like richard Dreyfus know, was it a and, miss or was it kind of just like a just um, i enjoyed it i thought it was a, a weird kind of take on you know was that john goodman john goodman um uh, Richard Dreyfus and who was the woman? Was it Deborah Winger? I believe it um, was uh, Holly Hunter. Oh, okay. I, I was close. Um, Audrey, yeah, okay. Audrey Hepburn was in it. Oh wow, that must have been one of her last. So you know he's, but again, it like I said, all relative. His misses are huge hits for somebody else. I mean, it's, yeah. It, then now, did, did, obviously, did, he followed did, up with Hook, which was a massive. You know, I. I did not realize, I think somebody was talking about it recently because they were looking it up on like um, Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't realize how poorly received that movie is because I loved it. I granted I was a kid at the time and, and now looking back, I would see it with nostalgia. But like it's Rotten Tomato score is very bad. It got what is, it's got 6.8 out of 10 here on IMDb. So what about right Rotten Tomatoes? I feel like it's in like the 30s, which oh. for a Spielberg movie. I honestly, I mean, I don't know if there's a way to look on Rotten Tomatoes to all his movies like in line, but I would imagine it's gotta be towards the bottom. I, I think I can figure that out. If you just give me um, a second, but then yeah, you no. know, he, he made that uh that Holocaust movie that was pretty awful. Yeah, that, that didn't do, that that, I feel like nobody watch. even remembers that one. No, why, why um, would what was it called? Something list. There's a list. Um, yeah. 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 And then that oh god, that terrible you know what? All his World War II movies were just awful. That terrible uh, one with War Tom Banks. Where they're, they're, that one where they're looking for Matt Damon, that one was shit. Oh, yeah. Um, and doing a movie through the eyes of a guy who wasn't in any part of the movie. Yeah, that's always that's always annoyed the hell out of me. You get, Your narrator can't be the one that they're spending the entire movie looking for. That just does not work. Yeah. No, that, um, that was a big... Didn't work. Um, did he have anything to do with the other Jawses, like even as a producer? Or was he just out after the first one? I think he was just out after the first one. But... Because, you know, the second one was not terrible. No, the second one was actually quite good. The third and fourth... Well, the third one had its... had its. I mean, it was in 3D, which is kind of fun. But the fourth one was, again, uh, uh, you know, famously Michael Caine. Uh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I never saw it, but I, you know, I know the I've house seen... it bought me. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that Michael Caine has no shame when it came to just doing mo- movies for money. Let's see. I respect the hell out of that. Two he... weeks in a row we've we've talked to Michael Caine. That's delightful. Oh, well, you know, he's a... Although last week it was because we looked had to look up uh, how, how old he was and, and if he's still acting. Well, you know, um, we're... we're, we're... We are the bringers of death, so it's kind of like uh, mm. we now brought him up a couple times. 
So yeah, that was a mistake. My bad. Nah. Uh, okay. Well, you see. know what? We can't live in fear, Hugh, because if if we're gonna do that, we can't talk about anybody. So he produced Jaws. I mean, he didn't produce Jaws. He just directed it. So he had right. nothing to do with. Did he help? Did he write it? Um, no, he doesn't really write his movies. He does a he... little bit. I think he. You know, all directors do a little bit of writing or rewriting their own scripts. Did you, Did you see the Fablemans? I did not. I, I, heard, I, don't, I hear it's. I heard it's great. I, don't I just really have, need to uh, see it. I don't want to watch a movie, a biopic, a biopic pick that isn't a biopic pick of his life. If that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. I just. It, it's I don't even remember. Honestly, me. I don't remember. It's in the theaters now. I don't remember it even coming out. Like I remember reading about it when it was coming out, and it surprised me because I was like, "When did he make this movie?" Uh, um, and then it came out, and I didn't even realize it was out yet. And now it's winning awards, and I, I was like, "Oh, okay." cool i guess i mean theater again we've discussed it theaters just movies come and go and you don't even notice them these days yeah no so he had nothing to do with any producing wise of the jaws movies so i was um hell i mean it's gotten to the i actively stopped the all those pre-working at pre-working the shows like my entire childhood i enjoyed watching them because you know my my mom loved watching the the shows like the Oscars, the Emmys, all those. Then I started working them. And then I just got so burnt out from all things related to them that I stopped watching. I, like, I can't even watch the ceremonies anymore. They just, no. it's just, I, 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 what I like to do, I, I do what, I do what all Gen Zers do. Cause you know, I consider myself a Gen Zer, um, is I just watch the clips that make it onto social media. Like, like I saw the, the, his speech, data speech. I saw Jennifer Coolidge's speech was delightful um eddie murphy's uh speech was delightful for his uh for getting the cecil b DeMille award um don't care about anything else um had not heard of i had not even heard of most of the movies nominated like i was i was looking through the which tar that one i knew of because i read about it because i mean kate blanchett but I, 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 that one's about the conductor. I knew, I knew what that one was. Uh, but honestly, I was looking at the nominees for a lot of the awards, and I was like, I've never even heard of this movie. It's a, um, it's a weird time seeing that films are like in and out of theaters much faster. Spe- than especially with the award fodder movies, like the the indie, the you know the ones that aren't. The Fablemans is the rare. Actually, there were a rare it's still few rare exceptions movie. Yeah, but like most of them were sort of the ones that come in and out of like the indie theaters. Uh, we have a it's shockingly we do have a few of those here like theaters that only play like the the highbrow stuff yeah um, independent and, movie theaters that's yeah 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 and then some of that you know those some of those come and go but this this era of movie theater time yeah they really come and go mm. so I had not heard of any of them and it, what was strange is a lot of them were not actors that I'm very famous actors being nominated for these movies I had never heard of oh Which, you weren't you know, kidding about the the uh Sorry for cutting you off there, but Rotten Tomatoes is twenty nine percent. I thought it was, I, I remember that's what I. Well, what about the uh, audience score though? That's that's kind uh, of seventy six. Okay, see, honestly, those are I've I I listen to a lot of podcasts where they talk about that. Like, well, I don't know if you Cinephobe was a fun. One. I know I know uh, of it. I don't. Yeah, that that they're the the whole pod the whole uh, premise of the Cinephobe podcast is they go for. They were they go back and do like uh, rewatches of movies that have terrible Rotten Tomato scores, but generally speaking, they ah, go for the ones. I, I I do have um it does if you go to RottenTomatoes.com, folks, you can get 
every film that they've done in the ratings that they have. You know, you know that's kind of cool to see a side by side. What's his lowest? Um, that's a, the funny thing. At the top of it, they go his lowest rated is uh, Transformers: The Last Night at sixteen percent. He directed a Transformers movie. No, he, I believe he produced it. So oh, okay. it's not just his directorial; it's uh, it's okay. also his producing. So you have to realize he's produced a lot. He was in like uh, yeah. Jurassic World Dominion. He EP'd yeah. that. Uh, Cats. He EP'd. Oh God. Um, okay, that's that's gonna knock his average down. That was nineteen percent. That that still was better than last night, which I don't believe is fair because I think last night was better than Cats. Um, last the last night was that low because I I thought. I th- I knew that nobody. You're talking about the I one saw with last night. I you're talking about the theater. one with Matt, Matt Damon, right? That uh, the Ridley Scott movie, that one. No, 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 uh, no. This is Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, so. oh, oh! I thought you're is because isn't the Matt Damon one called The Last Night mm. or something like it's that? Not, yeah, but that's a Ridley Scott. Right, right. Okay, I, I thought that. I thought maybe Spielberg produced no. that. And I didn't realize it. Um, let that la- Okay, honestly, I didn't. I don't think I saw a Transformers after the second one. Yeah, I did not. Wise, I did not though. see the Mark Wahlberg one. Uh, um, yeah, Revenge of the Fallen. Like he had a, he's had producing wise, he's had a lot more misses than he has directorial. I'll give him, but but honestly, when he's considered an EP on some of these, I think it's just because Amblin or, or DreamWorks or somebody, you know. It's yeah. some, I don't feel like these are. He's doing a lot of hands on stuff with some of these. No, it's like. Um. So, I, if is there a only is there a way to only look up his directing ones? I wish you, there was. Can, can you, okay. Uh, Oddly, well, what's the, can you can you see it? What? Uh, yeah, okay. I'm looking at right now. Like, uh, Men in Black Two didn't get he the pro- best reviews. That like pro- both sides, he, fans or he produced Men in Black Two. He EP'd that one. Like EP huh. is just a given type. Like I have EP credits and it's sure, sure, sure. But that like, means he had some affiliation. Yeah, but, Most likely, it's through one of his production mm-hmm. companies. But still, that's surprising. Uh, Men in Black Two was terrible. That's not surprising. It's not the worst Men in Black movie. I would well no the 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 Chris Hemsworth um, yeah. Tessa Thompson what international Men in, Men in yeah, Black yeah. International or whatever the hell it was called because the third Men in Black was actually pretty good again Josh Brolin when he played the young version of Tommy Lee Jones like it was the it was like the flashback uh, right. that one was delightful okay so what what are you asking like uh well it was nineteen forty one nineteen forty one okay nineteen forty ooh yeah that didn't go. Uh, gangbusters for him 44 percent and 48 percent still higher than hook but oh but anyway like the cinephobe podcast but yeah so like they go for movies like their the whole point of the podcast is they go for movies with super low uh rotten tomato scores trying to see if it was fair how low that the like they'll go back to, to they'll they'll go back and tra- they prefer to find ones that are like zero to 15 rotten tomatoes mm. but they'll go for they'll go for ones in the 30s but they also make a point to try to find ones that the where the uh, there's that big a uh, a name a, a director a gap director. Be, well no, no that big a name a gap between audience review uh, the audience score and the critics score. Well, here's the funny I, thing. You're you know how you're talking about Men in Black International. Obviously, he was also an EP on this one. There is a discrepancy. It is twenty two percent by or twenty three percent by Rotten Tomatoes, but sixty six fan appreciation. Hmm. So see, I mean, for the see, I honestly critics. I don't. Why, why do people think critics like? Why do you follow that so high? Like it's it's just their opinion. 
Um, yes, yes, they might have a greater knowledge of like the minutia of filmmaking, like in terms of you know how it's supposed stories, to look and whatever story structure. Yeah. I mean, it, and it might be something you appreciate as a writer, but no, I don't. No. And and as a producer, but like, what makes their opinion the, the part of the reason why? And I think they're the, failed. They're failed writers or failed directors most of the time. Well, I think the but a lot of them are just so pretentious and high on themselves. That's why their their reviews mean nothing to me. It's just their opinion. But I think the reason he resonated so well with everybody is that Roger Ebert, every man, like his opinions on movies were very much like. So it got he he was one of the few he and Leonard Malton, who I knew from I worked with them in Entertainment Tonight. He was our, our in house film guy, nicest man in the world. Huh. The two of them are honestly the ones here like, okay, if they like a movie, I think I'll like it. If, if some of these other critics, like if they do, if I, I could not care less how they felt about it. So for the most, so, you know, when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes, you know, I'll, if I do look at the score, I, you know, you go, I go to the top critic score. I don't go to the overall critic score, you know, where they, they, mm. they filter it down to like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what it takes to be a top critic. No, I don't. Um, Constant but work. but generally Ebert like if Ebert liked it I'm good but like I don't care so the and so that being said the audience score means more to me because if, if fans like it then I'm good hmm. what's crazy what's so crazy about just critical uh reviews and such is how well the Marvel movies do like um well they're paid like, off Oh, well, I, might I would assume, but, I would but assume. like <laughs> Thor, Thor Love and Thunder was considered so critically reviled except that it still was a pretty good score it was just low for a marvel movie like i think it was still i think thor was still over 50 critics score but it people were like oh it's you know it's it's the lowest ranked one in a long time it's uh 63 so see and by, like... by, by most by most standards that's a pretty good movie yet but compared to the marvel ones everybody's like oh that one sucked Although I imagine Thor one and two, though uh, um, I imagine those ones have terrible scores because uh, those were not not great movies. Though the first one, I actually Thor one did not get a fair shake. I thought it was a pretty pretty good movie. Actually, the, it got a seventy seven percent seventy six. Because the the thing that people didn't get about you know Kenneth Branagh directed the first one, and he he said that he was directing it as a Shakespearean movie, yeah. like as as if it was Shakespeare. And if you look at it, and that's so it's not like light and fun like the other Marvel movies, but it's a good movie. The second one terrible i can't even think of the dark dark something i can't oh. even think of the name of the movie um but, but that that one was awful the dark world okay yeah yeah that one uh, was still got 66 percent. okay so there you go but yeah critics crit critics can be bought oh absolutely well yeah well absolutely um but it, yeah. it kind of reminds me of that entourage episode where uh they, they were getting bad reviews for Aquaman, Aquaman. and they sent uh, some porn stars to go. It was Rain Wilson was playing the critic or like the the guy, yeah. and it was like, oh, we'll send send this in. So oh, that's funny. That's funny. There's a series I haven't watched in a while, and I don't know if I could do it again. Entourage. Yeah. Uh, I I I watched it early on. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly when it, it first was came fun. Out. I mean, it was just a fun show. It wasn't anything serious, or no. And and you know, and it's. It, I think I think I've told you like the I the the pilot really pissed me off, and they oh. did this a lot. But the pilot specifically, and it's just such a thing that they invented teleportation. That's it. yes, yes. That's where I was going with this. Is that the the 
and I get what they're doing and movies do it all the time. Like you, most people do not know like the actual locations of things in Los Angeles. Right. Because you know what, you're not, it, you'd have to make a four hour movie to get people getting around Los Angeles in a timely manner. But they were above and beyond that entourage pilot. That I remember specifically it started the, the entire show started at um, Fred Siegel. They were eating at the cafe at Fred Siegel. Mm-hmm. Then they're driving, they're driving down sunset again. That's fine. Cause they're pretty that's close. Two, that's two blocks North. But then they're at the fucking Queen Mary, and it's like, first of all, why? That's that's an hour that's without traffic. Year. That's forty five minutes away in Long Beach. Yeah. But again, I get it for filmmaking purposes. It's a cool backdrop. Mm-hmm. But that's but they're you know they always act like these things are right next to each other. But again, that's the minutia. Like if you don't live in L.A., you don't notice it. You don't care. It just bothers me. Yeah. Um, but it was you know, Piven. That that was back when we were still. Uh, have you have you seen his hair ads? Uh, like he's doing Kevin? he's doing ads now for a hair re- replacement company. Oh, it's well, like good for it's him. like good on, good on you, man. You're finally you're finally admitting it. I uh, I actually it's funny you speak of this because Piven popped up on Twitter or something for me where he was uh, doing his stand up and he was uh, talking about The Rock, like who's the highest paid actor, and you know he's kind of like points out that the rock never went to acting school and all these things he's like am i a little bit bitter like that the rock is the highest paid actor he's never been to acting school or anything and he's him and kevin hart are off in a spaceship you know planning their next movie yeah and and he's like did did it was funny it was actually a funny bit for him even though you know i mean okay take uh, and this is a big big you know like thing to ask but you take away all the uh, the, the, the personal stuff about yeah. how, how big an asshole in the in the Me Too, which again I hate to say, take that away. But he's a he's a fun, good actor. Yeah. Like he's an asshole in real life. But I love I his believe he's been humbled with maybe this. maybe where he has to do stand up comedy to make a living. It's like yeah. you know, it's uh, you know. Uh, I don't know if you saw the documentary that popped up on YouTube about uh, Crystalia. No. It, it, it done, some comedian has found out that he hasn't changed at all, if not anything oh, God, no. worse. No, it, the, he was trying, and I, I don't, I, I think I used to follow him and I stopped, but I, he was trying to do a career rehabilitation with, with like, now that he has a kid. Like, so yeah. you, I don't know if you do you follow him on Instagram because no. well, I'm not going to waste my like post post scandal, like when he was written canceled, whatever, quote unquote canceled. Quote unquote, um, right. Yeah, he started posting. He took a break, as one does or one should, although his break should have been much longer. But he started and he, he had a kid at some point. I don't even know where the kid came from. Yeah. Uh, like if it's adopted or if he had. I don't no, know. He has I, a baby mama. OK. And okay. or married. But he's still doing his thing where he has teenage grooming teenagers uh, grooming Um, women or i don't know like he has a sex cult going on he has a cult like he talks about it all the time and it's like it's a real thing so but he yeah yeah he was like trying to rehabilitate his image by like just posting like family posts like videos of his kid pictures of him kid making him look like this great father and he might be a great father i don't know but it's such a because if you look at his posts pre-cancellation they were all just him like very much his his ego his his rep you know what his care the caricature caricature he plays uh 
you know, he was leaning into that in all his posts, but then he, I guess he realized, you know what, I should turn and, and just make my se- myself seem more likable. But it was so trans, you know, it was yeah. so obvious what he was doing. You know, it'd be like if Franco started doing that now. Oh. It's like, although Franco was never really big on social media, so it'd be weird if he came out and started doing stuff. I think Franco's making his little like kind of he's, creeping he's, back. He's, he's dipping, dipping his, his toe. toe. He's di- yeah, he's dipping his toes back in. But no, uh, there is a there is a a crystal. It's called the Crystalia problem, and or a problem or something like that. It is free. It's on YouTube. I recommend it. Like it's it's effing weird. Um, but it's, it's a full de- full length full length doc for free. Just like the guy is a comedian. And he's like, I think this is probably going to hurt his career. Or, you know, and people are like, you know, this could be a lot of BS. And like, you know, I'm just like, I'm not going to put it past anything. Like this is a guy who is willing to groom teenagers uh, for his own thing. So why wouldn't it be? I mean, there's got to be some truth in between the two. But I'm like, this is not one of those things where I'm like, oh. I will never, and you know, I'm sure he still has his stands. Delia oh, still has like his diehard fan. Absolutely. I, I will. I will never understand that level of fandom. Standom. Like Musk, Elon Musk has. You know, oh, he has the the uh, the ones who will ride or dies. Trump. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's this is not even even celebrities I legitimately like have these diehard fans that are you know oh. it's. I just don't, I just don't understand that level of fandom, especially ones that just, you know, I, the, 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 you know, the Bayhive, Swifties, all of them, they're just, just unreasonable. Yeah, they're unreasonable love. They take everything as a slight. Yeah. Like if, if anything, you know, if one celebrity says something about another celebrity, their hives start fighting online and it's like, they don't know who you are. Well, they do. Okay, I'm sure they. I'm sure Beyonce and Taylor Swift appreciate their fans. Hmm. I, I, I'm guessing they do not appreciate the more diehards that like to fight everybody. Um, well, you got to think the, Lady the, Gaga, the, like the aggressive, them, yeah. the aggressive ones. But I just don't understand that level of fandom. I think Taylor Swift has great songs. I think Beyonce has great songs. I would never go to war for either of them. I don't understand that level of, like, yeah, cultish. I don't understand it. it, it they are cult. I, under, I understand being a fan. I don't understand that. Joe level Rogan. Of fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. Uh, no, you don't. See, you don't see it for like Tom Hanks. You don't see like the Tom Hanks stands no, out there. I mean, because Tom Hanks is just a good guy, and everyone loves Tom right. Hanks. But but so it takes a certain level of, and you don't necessarily see it for actors as much. That's probably it. It's musicians more often than not, because like I said, you got they all have the names like, um, you know, for Swifties, Bayhive, Believers, Directioners. The, That's a good um, question. Are there the any- uh, uh, Nicki Minaj's are called Barbies. Uh, uh, Lady Gaga's are called her little monsters. Yeah. Like all these fan, all these these fan groups have names that they that they take very seriously. You just don't see that for actors as much. It's just not the same situation. But Rogan, you're right. Rogan is the is a, obviously a different. Yeah, but he's beast. he's a personality now more than he's an actor or comedian. Well, he's obviously a comedian. Yeah, yeah. But... yeah, you don't even. So I mean, I think Rogan still does stand up, but he you do does. not associate him as a stand up comic anymore uh, at all. Can't. I mean, yeah, he still does stand up. Like, but you know, it's just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's. I just don't. Yeah, I don't. Just do not understand it. There's nobody that I, I'm not right or not. Like, What's that? Comedians have little followings. I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, I guess it's just. Per, I mean, a performer. It, there's some the live performers. Maybe is that is that why comedians and and musicians have them? But like act stage and theater and or stage and screen actors don't generally have these hives. 
So it must just be a, li- a live performance thing. I don't, I don't really know. Cause you're right. Comedians definitely have them and, and musicians definitely have them. Yeah. I don't like every, but there, there, there aren't like Russell Crowe stands out uh, there. Oh, Johnny Depp. Okay. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, uh, yeah, no. So there are there are cultures. The, Karda- uh, the Kardashians are. No, not but the, they're not that. They don't fit in the category I was trying to talk about. But they absolutely have their J Lo, but she doesn't really count because she's a double. You know, she triple threat. Both. J- uh, Jack uh, of all trades, master of none. Um, I see. Did you know that we use that phrase completely wrong? Which one? The, Jack the of all trades. Jack of all trades, master of none. Mm-hmm. You know, it's considered like a. It's an insult to somebody saying, "Yeah, you're okay at." All, a lot of things but not particularly good at any of them that's not the full phrase the full phrase is actually jack of all trades master of none is still better or is is still better than a master of one or something like that so the the full if you actually do the full phrase it completely negates the way we use the phrase okay uh i've i've stumbled upon the first like every like i found a list as as i do uh, the first acting duo, I would say, happened up with the uh, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson from Twilight era. For fandom, like for like the fandom, like oh yeah, well that's but uh, oh for sure. But I, I th- see those movies are interesting because I think the fandom is more tied to the source material than the actors. Yeah, but like I feel like there was a bit of who, a I feel like who there. oh sure sure and. And there was a bit of a cult with those two, and and I and still the third don't believe guy, it. I, I still don't. Uh, Taylor Lautner. Yeah. I still don't. Who, who, who? Funny enough, married a woman named Taylor. Right. So then she is also Taylor Lautner. Um, she, uh, I I think that, uh, something like that. The one and, and the Harry. I don't know if the Harry Potter actors have that cultish thing that like right, you're right. Robert Pattinson, Kristen Stewart, and Taylor Lautner had that like a cult following them like there are definitely daniel radcliffe fans but right. i don't think i don't think he has did the diehards like that i'm trying to think um, of like there, there's like franchises have that like star trek star wars yeah 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 that's uh, why that's why i'm saying i Lord think the, the twilight i think the fact that it was twilight had was the cause of that i think had they been had robert pattinson and kristen stewart been two other actors put in those roles i think those actors would have had a cult-like following so it was more twilight than anything else but I feel like they've done a pretty good job of um, of moving past it. Like, you, you know, Robert Pattinson has done a ton of things. Batman now. Kristen Stewart's been, you know, she's been nominated for an Academy Award for playing Princess Di. That was a horrible I, movie, and you know yeah, it. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, I didn't say she deserved to be nominated. Yeah. But I feel like they've moved to the point where you don't just associate them with Twilight anymore. No, I just associate her with bad movies now. And I, I feel like the no, I mean Dana Radcliffe and and Emma uh, uh, St- Emma Stone Emma I was going through Emma all the Emmas Emma Watson. I feel like they've moved on pretty well. Uh, yes, you still associate them with Harry Potter, but I think they Rupert Grint unfortunately is just uh, he's, still, be wrong. he's been doing things, he's but been, he's gonna be he's gonna be wrong forever. Uh, like Dana Radcliffe well, is still gonna and, be Harry. He, he, yes, but they've they, and they've they've been smart and they've admitted as much that they and, and and Rupert Grin has admitted as much too that he he knows that he doesn't really have to act because they made so, so much, much money. Yeah. So Dan Radcliffe and Emma Watson had they, they, all the things that they've chosen with the I mean she did Beauty and the Beast so it's not like she's not doing big budget things, but they've done a lot of just like whatever the hell they want because they know they're set up for life money wise. I think you he's know, chosen so, properly of what to do. Like I did uh, wait, horns, I think. 
I saw that I really enjoyed of his. Like, I mean, did you watch the Weird Al thing? I haven't seen the Weird Al thing. I, I haven't yet, but I hear it's just incredible. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I just haven't. And he does that that show on TBS. It's a lot of fun. Um, oh, the, um, oh, the, where he comes like, back or reincarnates. He's, he's like an he's like an angel. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, and Steve Buscemi plays God. I right. can't think of the name of it off the top of my head. That's really funny. Um, like you know, so they're they're trying different things, but a lot of actors over the years have admitted you know that they like john cusack john cusack famously admits to it that he says that he does he would do the big budget like con air and 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 that horror like he's that he did a couple horror movies like they were like big budget oh, horror 1408 movies. 1408 that was the one i was yeah yeah like he admits that he did those so he could go back to doing the indie movies he loves so he but he he could do them even like john like big you know john like quality actors like john malkovich admitted say the same thing they're like yeah i do these Again, Con Air. I'm sure that's the reason John Malkovich did Con Air. Although it did look like he was having a shit ton of fun making yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Um, I bet all those guys just had a ton of fun making it. Um, but they do that so that they can go back to the other movies and be fine financially. Because, uh, you know, people just assume big name actors are just immediately super wealthy. And that's not always the case. Like they, um, do you remember how much shit Zach Braff got when he was crowdfunding? Um uh, I, he, I don't think he crowdfunded Garden State, but he crowdfunded no. the, the second one. Yeah, which you, which you were here, and he got so much shit for it. Being like, people were like, "Well, why are you asking for money? Aren't you rich?" And he's like, "No, not really. I mean, yeah, he was on Scrubs for a long time, but he wasn't making a fortune on it." Um, I mean, he made for, he made a good living. He, he's oh, she's doing just fine. But at the same time, it's like, why were they so offended? By that he's not making you give him money to people legit wanted him to make a and it was not a sequel to garden state but people considered it like sort of a follow-up because it had the same kind of feel to it but they, the movies had nothing to do with no each other. no it was just his style but, but people dirty. were like oh we loved garden state we'd love to see him make something else personal that's similar to garden state okay i will give you money and and, and nobody was being forced to do it so i don't know why people got so upset that he was doing it like people did it by choice, and uh, in fact, I think Sam. I want to say yeah, she Sam. Did. Yeah, and she said that she she and Josh got like a like a gift pack, pack you know, like they got a soundtrack and soundtrack and some goodies, and and I think got to go to a screening. Like they people got stuff for the money they put in, and who the hell cares? Like I would, I enjoyed Wish You Were Here. It was not Garden State. It was not as good as Garden State, but I enjoyed it, and I and Wish I, I was I here. Did, I didn't give money to it, but I, I wouldn't have been upset if I did. No. It just is so stupid that people are so upset about that. But the, Zach Braff said as much. Yes, he did very well on Scrubs, especially with the syndication. But it's, yeah. he's like, I'm not, I don't, how much do you think I'm worth? Because uh, he was very, you know, they were very young when they made Scrubs. So I'm sure NBC was not paying them a great deal. Oh, no. Yes, yes, it went nine seasons. So by the end, I'm sure they were doing fine. And it went into syndication. Like now you can, it's, it's gotten to the place point where you can find it on just about any channel during the day, not any channel, but you can find it on somewhere. There's a, there's a, like a high, you know, we, my, my parents have like, just the, I think I told you just yeah, every the, package cra the craziest package. cable package. And I think the channel is like ion or something yeah, like yeah, that. Ion, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It plays like all day. You know, there there are blocks where it's playing for three or four hours. Comedy central used to do a thing where it played for hours in the afternoon. Like it, it it is one of those shows just that's just always on in syndication. So I assume they do very well off of that. I mean, you can it's a it's a great show. It's because it's it's a procedural without being a procedural. It's more I know it is a procedural. 
And it's just it a, a comedy. It just it was ahead, it was ahead of its time because remember when it when it was made, NBC didn't know what to do with it. They no. kept moving it. They moved it all over. The they, place. they they tried to kill it. Really, they they, they tried to kill it several times. In yeah. fact, like if you listen, I, I I fell off it, but I remember back in the beginning, Sam and I would talk. We were very religious about listening to their the, the rewatch podcast, podcast yeah. Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and they would talk about how so many. If you go back and watch. And I love to rewatch that show. Like I not, I haven't rewatched it in order necessarily, but I'll, I'll pick and choose to. episodes. That's the great thing no. about it. No, 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 you don't. Especially if you've seen it before, because you you know what happens in certain seasons. Yeah. But but they they've said as much that um, the sh- the show was so close to cancellation so many times that you can see which season finales they built in as potential series finales because they never knew if they were going to come back. Right. And so, but it was so ahead of its time with the single camera. Like kind of, kind of off the, you know, kind of weird sitcom. Like where the characters were weird. They had the weird um, dream sequences. Like it was a show that had to come on six or seven years later when all, you know, oh. modern, modern family and all the sing. Like at the time, there were very few single camera comedies like no. that. Yeah, no, no. One that comes to mind, and it's weird that it, we we come to it, is that um, Malcolm in the Middle was exactly like that. Malcolm in the Middle was way ahead of its time. Uh, and, and Fox didn't really know what to do with it. And the reason uh, I, I say it came up today is because I was just reading on TMZ that Frankie Muniz is now, he quit acting years ago. And he, he I don't know, like he was getting into uh, racing. You know, mm-hmm. he did like the celebrity circuit. You and, know, like the long- and now, oh, funny that you mentioned that. Uh, I just saw, read an article about him actually uh, getting his professional yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, he was, he was. Um, there's a number of actors who would. There's that celebrity, like the weekend of the Long Beach Grand Prix, mm-hmm. which is a, a the Toyota Celicas, the back in the day. Yeah, there's yeah. a there'd be so the Long Beach Grand Prix would be the um, IndyCar series, mm-hmm. uh, but then that same weekend they would have the celebrity race, and it would always be the same same people doing that. Like Patrick Dempsey was huge at you know it was these yeah. same actors that just. Either, I mean, hell, going back even farther, Paul Newman loved to, to race, but he was not a professional, but no. he loved to race. But yeah, but over the years, um, Frankie Muniz has done like these celebrity things, but now he's officially a professional race car driver. He was signed by a, he was signed to the ARCA League, ARCA, I, I can't recall what it stands for, um, but it is the third tier of NASCAR. Right. There's NASCAR, then in front below it's the Infinity Series. Mm-hmm. And so this is the third tier. So he's that's a professional race car driver. Yeah. And again, much much like we discussed with the other actors, he is fine financially. He does not need to, you know, he's 37 years old starting his professional racing career, which is not generally something you see, but he's fine, you know, generally the drivers you see on this third tier series are clawing and scraping to make a living. He's not that's not a concern for him. Yeah, no, he's prior, prior to this in fact, he had been uh, he lives in I think Sedona, Arizona, or maybe maybe Scotts. He lives in Arizona, right? And and up until recently, he and his um, fiance, now wife, they owned like an olive oil store. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just this small olive oil, like organic olive oil store that was like in. I think it was in one of the college towns, so it might have been like Tucson or Scottsdale. It was in Arizona, um, and it's like, yeah, he does that because he loves it. And he doesn't need the money, so who the hell cares? So now he's following his dream of being a race car driver, which I think is very, very cool. Oh. So, you know, but uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. that was that what, was the randomness you, of a random conversation. Uh, well, 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 we're, you know, while we're still going here, are you going to are you going to read the Prince Harry book now that it's out? No, 
No, I don't give two f- flying Fs about anyone in that family. That's the funny uh, thing. The obsession I find that, that Americans have with the royal family is disturbing. Oh, yeah. No, we... we yeah, yeah. Um, but th- this one in particular is... In, it's... Um, he's gone... Grab. He's... Well, he needs the money. It's strange, strangely, that, that he and Meghan actually, because they, you know, when they when they closed off that money source of the royals, they, I mean, they're doing just fine. Yeah. They're not struggling, but they don't have what they had. No. Um, but like, he's gone so far with the oversharing in this book that it's actually making the royal family look good in in comparison. Because you know, you know, the royal family's always had this cone of silence thing where they just don't—they don't say anything. Generally, it makes them look bad. Like in the Princess Diana, with everything related to Princess Diana, it makes the royal family look very bad because they just their silence is incriminating. Yeah. But in this case, where Harry is going so Harry and Meghan with between the Oprah interview, the Netflix documentary, and now the book, they've gone so far in the other direction that it's actually the. The royal family staying silent is making the royal family look better yeah. because they're just they're not getting into the into the mud well, with, with Harry because some of the shit he's saying is just so far over oversharing to the, the, the I've there've been some funny things like I, the, I, I, uh, I mean I've heard a couple things about the frostbite and um the one th- one of the things that I just found funny is they're like I see the. the I heard an excerpt today. I would not read it because I don't read, but I considered doing getting it on Audible because um, I was like, you know what? It might be interesting. Uh, although I feel like all the of his media blitz of over the last several weeks with all the excerpts leaking and then all his interviews, I feel like all the good salacious stuff has probably already come out. Um, but so I don't know if I, I feel like the, a lot of it might be very dull. Hmm. And then I heard an audio excerpt today. And the, he just reads it in such a. I thought it might be delightful because his accent's delightful. He read. I mean, he's not an actor. He reads it in such a monotone. Just literally, it sounds like he's reading off a page. I listened to this thirty second clip, and I'm like, no, there's no way I'm listening to eight hours of this. There's absolutely no way. No, you just this fall asleep. 30, this thirty second clip was putting me to bed. Yeah. Um, but some of the stuff, like you know, him talking about the fist fight, the like literal fist fight he would get in with with William, and not when they were kids. This is in their late 30s. They were fighting in like a kitchen. Mm. Um, stuff like that's kind of interesting. Because you don't, you don't, Harry's not surprising that he would get into a fist fight. Because he, you know, he was kind of the wild card. Yeah. But you don't picture William getting into a fist fight. Because he's so prim and proper. And like the, like the little minutia of their, the nicknames they would have. Like he calls William Willie, which is fun. But the, the one I found more fun is that William calls him Harold. But his name, that's not his name. His no. name's Henry. So Harold's just like a mocking name. Um, no, no, that's then, actually his name. I thought it was Henry. Is it Harold? What is it? Oh. I think it's Henry. So like calling him Harold is just like... Oh, my just mom's going to be pissed if I got that wrong. I'll be I'm almost positive it's Henry. Uh, which is what made the Harold thing just odd. Okay, hold on. Uh... But like all, but some. I mean, see that stuff's kind of fun. Like that makes them seem more human. Like oh, you don't, you don't, yeah, 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 you don't see a lot that like a lot of the humanizes Prince William because it, you know, as a kid they were like you love we 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 the royal, part for lack of a better term, the royal we liked Prince William and Harry because of the Diana angle because it was like we, we it was like even as Americans 
they were they were the ones we liked. Yeah. And, over, and obviously over the years, William has sort of stayed towed the line with the royal family. Um, you know, so he's very you know he's very prim and proper. You never see any sort of human elements you know, of him Harry, elements to him but harry you always did because harry was just the one that didn't give a shit but so some of these stories it's nice to hear william being like a, a human like getting into a fist fight or you know things like that um but some of the other stuff harry like i'm sure you saw the the him bragging about the, his kills over in afghanistan about Didn't mentioning that. that he 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 wasn't bragging necessarily but he made a point of saying that he killed by his estimation 25 taliban taliban members um which Not really drew a lot of backlash from his fellow like soldiers that served with them all as well as soldiers in general because they were all like eh. that's you do not as a soldier, that is like the one of the codes is that you do not brag or even talk. It's assumed if you serve abroad, yes, you have probably killed somebody. You do not brag about it. You don't mention a number. Like people were saying the way he so um, kind of flippantly said it, it was almost like a notch in his belt. Like, yeah, yeah, I killed 25 Taliban members. And what it ends up doing is that it's even gotten the attention of the Taliban. Like they even sort of released a statement essentially threatening him being like okay if you're gonna brag about this then now you're secu- now you're in danger yeah. like they're they're threatening his 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 safety which is already sort of an issue with him and megan that they've been complaining about how they you know they lost the royal security so they don't have they have the security of what a wealthy couple might have like a you know celebrities but they don't have the royal security anymore and you're threatening an organization that is back in power you know, it's 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 insane that they like and, and he's trying to play like he he did Colbert last night and he was trying to play it off saying, oh, the media is making it sound like I was bragging. I was never bragging. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, you still mentioned the number 25, which is a very specific number. But yeah, you know, I so I have no interest in reading it, but I'm really tired of hearing about them, to be honest. Oh, I can. Yeah, it's one of those things. While we're just on the UK uh, subject, one last mm. quick thing. I don't know if you saw this. This made me laugh. Is that um, I, they, I don't know if you saw the the, the satellite fail that the UK had uh, today or yesterday, where they they I don't even associate the, um, the UK having like a space program. program right, right, right. Uh, because the um, it, it's and this is such an American you know American centric thing where you kind of just are like no space thing is ours. Other countries don't do that. Because, you know, you, 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 you grew up thinking Soviet Union, U.S., those are the space programs. So when you hear about other countries launching satellites and rockets, you're like, huh, they even have a space program? Didn't realize it. And, um, and to an extent, that like, in UK themselves don't necessarily have it. It's the Europeans, you know, the, the, their version of NASA's is like the, the entire Europe. Like Europe has an asset. It's called like the Euro space something space. Is, I don't know what it's called, but you know, all these countries kind of go in together, but uh, it was just basically the, um, the UK was trying to launch satellites into orbit, but they were doing it through a Virgin Galactic flight, right. you know, like Richard Branson's space program where it's, they take a, um, a, a converted Virgin 747 that used to like, it was a Virgin Atlantic 747 that's been modified to launch the, a a um, uh, Virgin Galactic rocket off of it that that will go into orbit and deliver satellites. And the one they tried yesterday was just a massive failure. It right. just crashed, crashed and burned. Right. But it just remind, reminded me, like it was it, 
my first thought is, I, do, do you remember? Did you ever see the Eddie Izzard special, Dressed to Kill? Yeah, like it was his legendary special where he he mock completely mocked England having a space program. Where he he said that their space program was literally an engineer climbing up a ladder, like just climbing up a two story ladder. He's like, that is our space program. So as soon as I saw this story, I was like, yeah, he wasn't that far off. Huh? Well, I have unfortunate news, Nate. Well, it's time to go, first off. But uh, secondly, secondly uh, your Wolves lost in the fifth round of the Caribou Cup in penalties against Nottingham Forest today. Motherfucker. Was that a knockout or is this a one? It's a knockout. God That's damn. why they went to penalties. It was the second leg, I believe. Uh, it's between so. that and the FA Cup a few days ago. God damn it. Yeah. Well, no, you we drew in the FA Cup, right? We drew, so we still we're still yeah. alive, but still alive. but we're playing. It's Liverpool, man. Do you think we're gonna? We 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 drew the home the home. We're not gonna draw the. We're not gonna win the away. You never know. They um, might throw out their B team there. So you might. But you know what? At least at least we got the Premiership to look forward to. Oh yeah. God damn it.